Hey friend, it is Dami. Welcome to the Think Again and Be Podcast. I am your host today and I am so honored that you have tuned in. We're going to be picking up on um, a discussion in a series really, still really a part of the crash course, right? On just uh, casting and um, just dealing and squelching um, those wrong patterns of thinking, anxiety and wrongful attachments. And it's been an exciting uh, past few episodes, just really centered around um, just spurring us on to the renewing of the mind, what that journey looks like, what that mandate looks like, and all the stuff that we've been given, right, through God's own word, his own living expression, through his own promise, the equipping, right, coming from that uh, standpoint of understanding that you've been supplied, and it's not even so much a, a demand as much as it is a supply, and if you're walking in that flow, that supply flow, you're going to be able to see amazing results, and so last week, I'm just specifically talking about um, the purpose of just renewing the mind, the difference between renewing the mind, not only just from recovery, right, out of maybe trauma or just those wrong patterns of thinking or just those destructive um, patterns that we may have been subjected to, but that really it's not just about that, but that even just as a kingdom citizen, just as an, an heir to the throne, just as a child, a daughter, a son, a warrior, or a racer, a winner, there's just that blessing, that opportunity of having the mind of Christ, that you've literally been given the very heart and mind of Christ himself. Now that you're this, you have access, right, to this new identity, you know, if, if you if you haven't already taken a hold of that, but that's just part of the promise, the gift that you've been given, part of even just the righteousness you've been given, that cloak that's been put on you. You have access to so much because now you have the mind of Christ. And so this Christ is king of this kingdom that we're seeking and he becomes our focus. He becomes who we behold. And as we see the supply, right, that comes with this mandate to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you're being blessed with that blessing to be transformed. Here's how it is. Renew your mind. To what? To whom? To Christ. As you behold him, 2 Corinthians 3.18 gives us an awesome reminder that just by setting our eyes on something, we become what we're beholding, right? And so as we behold Jesus in all of that, we are going from glory to glory to glory because we have the veil removed from our eyes. Now we have the mind of Christ before we did not, before we could not, right? Um, but, you know, as God designed even the physical brain, just whatever you're focused on just grows. It, it just creates memories and patterns continuously and it manifests this, those central thoughts. And so even the, our own mind itself really beyond the brain is able to just conceive what it's looking at. And so Christ being, of course, the perfect image of God. And now we're created in God's image. So we're this reflection. It's an awesome thing because you start to just see you're exuding the characteristics. You're exuding the belief, the strength the power, all of that, that is already yours. That's your new identity is in Christ. And so when your eyes are set on him, you're exuding that even more and more going. And that's the word glory to glory to glory. So it may not happen. Like you may not see those things, like even on this side immediately per se, all at once, all together. Don't, don't get me wrong. You do experience transformation when you are changed. You get all of it at once in your spirit. Of course, you are in the image of God already. You are brought back to life. You are brought to life, right? Um, yet, and just in the walking out of things, in general, you're going from glory to glory to glory. You continue to mature, you continue to grow, you continue to experience amazing, incredible things. And you get to learn more about the the one, your God, your Jesus. You get to just learn more about him. Revelation is bursting forth, right? Wisdom is growing with that, you know? And so today we're just really going to get more and delve more into all of those 
those benefits. We're going to be squelching um, the usual lies and tactics that we talked about. Even in the last episode, we touched on just the usual setup of the enemy wanting us to just compromise really and settle for way less than God's best for us and just really wanting to convince and urge us to do it a different way, to do it especially the enemy's way. And it may sound good. It may sound uh, very pleasing and comfortable with especially our natural senses. Yet there's a promise again in this. There's a benefit in this when we're doing it the kingdom way because we're not only just trying to recover. We are literally trying to take a hold of what is actually fully ours. And that's having that kingdom mindset, having a kingdom mandate and really operating as warriors, right? As heirs, as royalty, as heirs, as children. We're, We're described in so many different words and languages when it comes to the identity we have in God's kingdom. But all of that is possessive. You know, and we're going to touch on the incredible benefits of something that may be the key missing factor, I think, today in the way we take in knowledge, right? Whether it's true, intimate, powerful, revelatory knowledge, or whether it's just a stacking up of information. But what's going to be the key thing when it comes to sustaining and retaining and experiencing the transformation? There's a key word here that I think we kind of throw around loosely, but do we actually practice and enjoy it, right? And that's going to be that process of meditation. Right? Because meditation trumps all the consumption because we can consume a whole lot. If meditation is not taking place, it means nothing. Right? And yet you can see that we can consume the very simplest nugget and chew on it forever and boom, because you are biting out of, you know, something that is just whole and alive and complete. Just that piece of it continues to just manifest. Right? And it just continues to just permeate through your entire being right down to your cellular structure, right? So I want us to just, you know, just buckle down, sit tight, get excited. We're going to get into just taking ownership of this vital gift, uh, walk confidently from that standpoint of supply versus demand, and let's get to it. Moving forward now, this is that place. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. See, that verse is a big celebration. All these things will be added because the fear goes, if I choose to do it in this way, that doesn't really look like I'm about to get this and get that and get, you know, get ahead and get all that. And, oh, if I don't insult back, fight back in this way, if I don't, you know, burn out my health, burn out my family, burn out my relationships, you know, 24 seven, um, lie a little, whatever. It may not even be like straight up like immoral stuff. Cause I think for those who really want to please God, it's usually easy to be like, okay, no, I won't do that. Ethical, right? Integrity. But then it's just all the other compromises of, you know, see, cause it's not, we really need to not see God as just don't, which is, we already know that, right? With the do, do's and do nots, rules and regulations. But what about the whole things the Holy Spirit is there in your, not your downtime, but in your rest time where he's able to finally reach you in areas where that wisdom and revelation for the next step, that thing of acceleration and multiplication. See, because you're not achieving God's best for you by trying to like add one plus one plus one plus one. God multiplies. He's abundance. I mean, out of a sprinkling of seeds, then you see forests, right? These are the kind of results that you can achieve. All these things will be added to you when you really honor God, Holy Spirit first in the order of things where you are saying this book of the law should not be departed from your mouth, but you meditate, think about it. That's the renewing of the mind. Are you chewing on what you're reading? Are you just kind of doing a due diligence? I open it. I read a one verse devotional. I cracked. Okay, that's good. Now I consume every other worldly thing all day, all night, not necessarily evil things, but just anything else that's just not even like preeminent in your spirit, right? 
and yeah, you, you definitely need to like study, you know, if it's class or do your job. Absolutely. You know, but he's saying meditate. Because I think what's happening too is we were discussing this in Bible study last week that people actually do have a lot of access to great stuff today, especially in the Western world, freely too, without persecution. You can consume a lot of Christian content. Podcasts. And I, I mean, you're my podcast. <laughs> um, you can consume a lot of stuff. You really can. I mean, you can have your, your cool planner, your journal, your notes, your highlighter, your apps, all those things, you know, and, and I believe that you should totally practice that. I think that you should read the books in the Bible at length, in context, right? In, in, in lengthier passages. Let the Word of God speak for itself, you know? Um, but but why does it seem like the sustenance just, it's like, ah, because we may not be meditating. We may not actually be meditating because why our brains, even in the current uh, age that we live in, are actually accustomed to just scrolling quickly through little tidbits of information, boom, 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 boom. And it's really an entertainment form. And so we may really be coming to the word of God like it's entertainment and something that appeases us, makes us feel like, okay, I've done my thing. Okay, cool. I've done that. But our brains, think of it like maybe drugs, may really be under the attack of not knowing how to chew on it, meditate on it, go over it, thank God for it, think on it. And receive and accept it as lasting truth as it filters out and discards all the other stuff, right? So it's a practice that we've been told about even in Old Scripture, in Old Testament, up until today, and it doesn't change. I've seen those in the persecuted churches sustained off of little pages ripped out of the Bible that they were able to smuggle and share or memory verses because they couldn't even have their materials anymore and they just meditate on that and yet their faith has a firm grip they're willing to sacrifice all of that. You know what I mean? They are able to immediately praise God at the drop of a hat. So what's that about, right? It's amazing what the mind and the human being can do depending on what it values and its experiences and its pressures. Pressure does have some really great advantages, right? So all these things will be added to you. Being convinced that as you surrender, or what about giving and generosity? As you surrender to all these practices that are biblical, where it seems like some things are sacrificial, some things may be inconvenient, some things are like you're taking a libby, you're taking an insult when you don't have to, um, th- or, or time, just being able to just push back on time that says, fill up all your hours with the busyness and the busyness and the distraction. Just keep going. You got to get ahead all the time. Not in short bursts, because I'm not that we have short bursts, but just this constant restlessness that we all live in this state of so that of course holy spirit doesn't get a word in edgewise revelation and wisdom that comes from god doesn't get a word in edgewise and then we wonder why things suffer at the end because there's just that fear and that's why jesus was like don't worry like even if it's just your clothes and your food and that basic stuff i didn't even put you on earth to get that that came with the package of creating you that's why he did the first five um days putting all those things on the ground for you but it's because of the curse that man has become absorbed with this, not trusting that provision can come from not just the way the world system says in that moment when they take it away from you, you're screwed, you're done, really, but that God devises ways and plans and he uses sources, resources, but he is the main source, excuse me. It's just that trust place. And he's like, no, because then he leads us up into helping us understand that it's the Gentiles, the ones of the world the ones that are not in covenant with him that chase after these things because what you may think is your due diligence and responsibility if it has a motive in the root of your heart as a hustle and a chase that is really beyond the place of rest 
Now you're actually serving an idol. That's why he says you can't have two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You may pretend to love one and you may serve the other just so you can appease the other. But still, you can't serve two masters. And that's why he's saying if you're tight-fisted and you're just not able to understand the concept of giving and generosity, it's because you are just in that fear where that thing owns you. Man owns you. The world system owns you. Money, the spirit behind it, not the money in and of itself. But that thing that they called mammon, um, I think it's just the name for money in Aramaic. But really, these spirits, they, they, they take names and they just become known by that. He's saying that's what's owning you. You're not in my rest. You're not in my rest. And you will compromise. But our God is good. And what he's really trying to convince us of is this. That as you seek this kingdom and you truly honor it. Now you're not just like, well, let me see like a lottery. All right, well, that didn't work out, God. So never mind. No, he says he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Whoever comes without faith. Remember faith. The first object of faith is Jesus. Not formulas. Right? It's first of all Jesus. Without faith, your outlook on, your look, your beholding on Jesus, it is impossible to please God. Because why? Jesus is, God is pleased with you in Jesus. Anything outside of that is not pleasing to God because you're not covered by the blood or you're not covered under the sacrifice and the finished work with which God says, I am pleased. It is finished, right? It is impossible to please God. Faith is the only thing that pleases him. And so he says, because whoever comes to him must come to him. Knowing that he is, knowing he is, right? I am. Knowing that he is. Not, well, after I check you out and then maybe. No, it's like, okay, God, I don't know nothing. I just know you are and just please just reveal it to me, right? Knowing that he is and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's just a reward in seeking him. There truly is. Because our God is not wicked. He is a good, good God and a good father. And like I said before, if you have a glimpse of what a good father should be like, even if you've never had one, the thing is, it's designed in us to know what that should be like. So, of course, if we have the torture of not having one, there's such an ache in there that God says, I am your father, right? But like if you could relate to it, if you've heard good stories of good fathers, you're always easily convinced that they're trying to outgive you. They're taking care of you. They know your needs before you ask. Yeah, but God is wanting you to cultivate that father-child relationship. And he says, ask me, ask. I want to, he wants the joy of just saying, daddy, you're going to have. And he's like, of course, because I've already had it for you here. You know, cultivating your father and child relationship so that he can build trust in you because it's double-mindedness that keeps us wondering what God's perfect will is for us. That keeps us wondering if he wants more for us than we can ever want for ourselves. And he does. That does not go without saying that because we live in this fallen world, he's very much aware of the trials and the tribulations that we will face and that we face. He never said that it wouldn't happen. But he's the one who's for us, not against us. You know, he keeps working. The Bible tells us in all things, God works for the good. Now, our definition of good in a certain moment may, may not line up with his. But that's all part of the renewing of the mind. Yet there is a character and a nature of God that is better than any earthly father that you could ever experience. And if you can credit an earthly father knowing that he's not the one to come and put sickness and disease on his child. Or to leave his child in abject poverty. Or to abuse his children. The Bible says he's wicked. Any good father on earth is wicked compared to God. What was the point? 
of him waiting and working on it all the years, getting the prophets to say what he's saying so that it's released in the atmosphere in the world, so that the whole universe can know what's about to happen and come under subjection to that with the authority of man partnering with God. That's the voice. That's the partnership. That's, remember I told you why you speak, to come into agreement with God because you have jurisdiction until finally the opportune time. Jesus comes on the scene and he's saying the stuff that's been said. He's fulfilling the stuff that's being said. Why would God go through all of this if not for literally wanting to reconcile you to himself? Why did God create Adam and Eve? What is it that he created them for? That purpose that God established them in that garden for? Better believe that what he's establishing in through Jesus Christ for you is better than that. Because now you have something even more than they did. So there's no need to wonder what God's thoughts towards you are. And not compare it with your present circumstances and your situations because that could be your doing. It could be doing a, be the doing of the enemy. It could be the doing of other people. We live in a fallen world. There's a combination of things that affect one another. But the Bible tells us that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Again, hold on to that part, his purpose. So you see, friend, it's the convincing of the of God's intentions towards you. It's the convincing of having this good king, this perfect, holy and righteous king in this kingdom. This is the one that you would seek when you you hear his beckon and his call towards you. The, the one that we don't deserve, that you don't deserve, yet he's counted you worthy in his love and he convinces and woos, woos you, friend. He's calling you to himself and so as we're seeking him first in all the matters that pertain to the kingdom because we now being established in him you're now a child yes you're a prince and princess and then you're a warrior and then you're a runner i don't believe that you will look at anyone who is an heir to a kingdom that just lazes around Mm -mm. they're about their father's business there's a sense of ownership. There's a sense of belonging. And I love the other line in that song, that I am who you say I am. In, in my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm forgiven. I'm not forsaken. I am chosen. I am who you say I am. In my father's house, there is a place for me. And see, out of that place comes a sense of duty and response. It, that's just how it works. But first, we seek the kingdom. First, we seek the kingdom. The king and then the dominion. See, friend, then all these things will be added to you. See, first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. And remember, righteousness is right standing with God, which has been given to us because of Jesus Christ. Jesus' righteousness has now been offered to you in the kingdom of God. So whatever that righteousness is, what it looks like, what, what it's expressed as, excuse me, righteousness is Jesus, and it's a gift, a cloak that's been placed on you as a free gift by putting your trust and your faith in Jesus. So that is what you seek after. That is what is your purpose. That's what your motivation is as you operate in this earthly realm. And again, all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. So whatever you may be forsaking, whatever you may be violating, compromising, and disobeying in, because we've bought into that temptation of the enemy saying, bow to me, maybe not in such bold terms, because he didn't even use those bold terms as much with Eve. With Eve, he's like, well, no, God actually knows that if you eat this, you'll be like him. So then, and then infers, right? And so really, it's just whatever that manipulative process may be. That once you just worked out of the will of God, those compromises that may happen, even just in your thought life, it may not be anything you're doing. It may just be a way of thinking. 
right? And then it may also be a place of action. It may just even be an aura about you, an attitude about you, about your presence, the thing that's resonating deep from within that's not in line with all the goodness that's in scripture for us to just eat from. The distance that you may be keeping from eating up all the the, the treasures of who God is to you that he offers you through scripture through which you see him, you behold him, and then you realize that's who I am too and you receive it and you see it just becoming out of you. All of those places seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added because all the things that are added, man, that's wisdom, that's revelation, right? Then of course you're enjoying security because the truth is although God's love is enough to keep you. When you are just kind of like haphazard and all over the place, you don't feel a sense of security. I I mean, I I could totally relate. That was me for too long. And I'm saying security, spirit, soul, and body. Because when the enemy starts to like nag at you with like fear, it's just a mess altogether then. So there is security in the kingdom for the thing that needs to be done, the work that needs to be done, the task that needs to be done, the project that needs to be completed. There is a wisdom, a revelation, a key insight. Or or perhaps you've done what needs to be done and then you just need to rest and trust that just like the sower who plants the seeds and he goes to bed, he says he doesn't know how, but the Lord causes it to multiply, causes it to grow, causes it to manifest, right? That you are able to just stop because Psalm 127 reminds us that it's, except the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain, those who build it. And it reminds us further down that you, it is in vain if if the, the root of your toil, right, is that you rise early and you go to bed late, which means you're really given no window for the time of rest, of sleep and waking up where it's designed for us to naturally go to God, right? Those, those, those natural processes usually create a dependence on us connecting with our creator is what it is. And so when we violate those things now just because we can, because we can have things running 24-7 unlike before, how effective do you think you really are being? I know today it seems like we're effective because everything is fast and it moves. You'll be amazed at how much more effective you could have been walking by the Spirit. Because you know what? I feel like those who are walking by the Spirit walk in more security and confidence, not because they earn more points with God, but because they are exacting the principles of the kingdom on earth and therefore they're effective and therefore people are being healed. Because the Bible says these are the signs, the signs that follow those who believe. They lay hands on the sick and they are well, right? You're able to like drink poison, not be harmed. You're raising the dead. Things that today are being mortgaged out for centuries. I mean, the plan with the world system is to make sure everyone is doped up and just half-witted. And, and, and when I say half-witted, I'm just saying me and you literally just, we think that, wow, we've got all these fancy educations that we're just like the smartest in the room, blah, blah, blah. And that's like the world is like, yeah, absolutely No. Half-witted because, man, the wit and the wisdom that comes from God to, to solve problems that people are mortgaging out centuries now. Like, why is life expectancy going down with all the stuff that we have today? Because we just violate orders up and down, night and day. All to shut out those windows in which we practice our dependency on our creator and honor him as being the source and the root. When even right through our education system, everything is just like inside out, upside down. It's everywhere. Yet the secret is so simple that you are able to come to him. He says, come to me. Those of you who are weary and heavy laden, right? He tells you like his, he doesn't put a burden on you. He makes it easy. He makes it light. Join with me. He says, this is literally our God. Join with me. Yeah. Rest. Psalm 127 continues to say, you rise early. You go to bed late eating that bread of toil. It's toil. It's like slavery. And you forget that he says, it's God who gives to his beloved while he, while she sleeps. Not just he gives you good sleep, 
He does that too. But while you're sleeping, he gives. He gives to you. You're still on the receiving end of all that God is doing. So that when you wake up in the morning, the Bible reminds us that his love doesn't cease. His steadfast, unfailing love never ceases. They are new every morning. Every morning. And he's even put it in your physical brain to have this like restart when you get up in the morning. How much more in your spirit? How much more in your mind if you choose to esteem him rather than esteem all your to-do list that's already hidden heart at you through your device? Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. The fear of missing out, literally, FOMO. The fear of missing out. The fear of not getting ahead. The fear of all those things. All idols, all lies. Because our God doesn't cheat his people. He said that even to his disciples. You left home and everything for me. Hundredfold will be added to you in this kingdom and in the one to come, he said. He he uses um Peter's boat and he rewards him with like boat sinking catch right after. No, God is very considerate, very kind, very generous. Absolutely. There's no sacrifice that you will make on God's behalf. That he has not already outpaid you by his death on the cross, first of all. And then second of all, because he's just such a good and generous father, he just outgives you in this earth and in the one to come. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Guys, our God comes with benefits. Our Jesus comes with benefits. You're not losing out by surrendering to him. Yeah, the flesh and the carnal and the senses, because again, when we say carnal, when we say senses, what it means is that you're really just more convinced by only what your natural eyes can see, what your natural brain can conceive in common sense, what you will call common sense. I, I'm not saying we should lose common sense, but you know what I mean? Um, your ears can hear, what your mouth can taste, what your hands can touch, all your feelings. You're just more convinced by your feelings. You're just carnal. It's the most immature state of being a believer, but it's very natural. It's very common. Doesn't mean it's normal. Normal for a believer is living, walking like Christ being fully in your authority enjoying the grace of jesus enjoying intimacy with him you know what i mean so basically um the series of renewing the mind is of course a wonderful lifelong one and i i can pick every and anything from everywhere to bring about the convincing you know uh, help help it help it holy spirit junior trying to help you know because the bible says he convicts us of righteousness right and I'm just looking to convict you of his goodness. The revelation of who he is. I mean, Holy Spirit does all that, you know. But to reiterate. And to just start to say, I'm renewing my mind to the mind of Christ. Because I have it. I have it. And I want it to manifest. And I want to be kingdom minded. And I haven't gone into the details of what those things are. But just even having a stop and saying, am I kingdom minded? I'm not here to be given a list of rules of do's and don'ts. But I'm saying I'm part of a kingdom and I'm a thing the way a kingdom citizen does. That's a place of surrender. That's a place of renewing the mind. My only thing is not just to renew my mind defensively from hurt and pain and setback and trauma. Because that's a legitimate, that's like a full-time existence in and of itself. I know it, friend. Decades. You know? But here's another waking dream with waking words that I had some years ago. There is more. That's what the Lord just, just, there is more. And man, to begin to define what that was, I could have easily made it just what I can touch and taste and see my dreams and all these things. But how about there's just more in God that you can't even make that tangible just yet. But as you seek, oh, you'll just be like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a, there is more moment. That's a, there is more thing. You know, there's just growth. There's just growth, friend. So it's renewing the mind to the kingdom, seeking first the kingdom of God. 
and all these things will be added unto you. It's just eating the meat of that and let it mean the more that it really means that you're, you just can't even begin to comprehend, right? Like, but knowing that that's fine because true reality and the existence of God's grandeur and amazingness and what he has for you, it doesn't begin with what you can think of, what you can comprehend. No, not at all. It's you saying, uh, yeah, dropping the ocean is my mind. Just to, just to give it some kind of tangible, um, reference, you know what I mean? Dropping the ocean. And so therefore God just, just blow my mind, blow my mind. Because I'm a drop in an ocean. All the oceans of the world put together compared to whatever your intellect may be. God's not even limited to just intellect, right? He's all knowledge. He's all wisdom. And he has all the solutions, friend, for your life. You're not about to lose out or miss out. He says all these things will be added. And so I want you to spend some time in Matthew chapter 6. And that verse is verse 33. That that puts it that way um, very well, you know, as far as seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 6, I made quite a few references as far as um, just Jesus kind of just breaking down all these. This is how you guys do it, but this is how it really should be in the kingdom. Um, you know, treasures of your heart. He, then he talks about worry and anxiety and provision in the same chapter as well. So it's an amazing chapter um, to get into. It's a common one, actually. But um, I just, I, I believe in laying down foundations and building upon basics because that's part of just what we would call coaching or discipleship or mentoring. And sometimes I see too many come in right in the middle of like a whirlwind of a lot of stuff. And then they'll just keep going from there. But no one ever grabbed a hold and said, while you're enjoying all of that, here are our foundations, you know, and here's the beauty of what your identity now is. New, fabulous, amazing, never seen before creation. Here is who your God is. Be saturated and baptized in him. Be fully immersed in him. That's really what it is, right? That, that, that practicality of being baptized after the water part and then being baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, here's what it looks like to practically live it out in an environment that, that agrees with you. And it's in the same kingdom. So please read um, Matthew chapter six, just for further uh, development and just in engaging more with what he said, read it in a couple versions. I would say read ESV, read, um, that's the English standard version, read, uh, the new King, King James version, and then definitely read, uh, the passion translation and look at the foot, footnotes for the cross references. It's like a, a to study time. I, I really, really encourage you friend to get into that as a study time, even if you're already familiar with it, because this particular chapter blows my mind because I think it has so much to do with just like everyday life, whether you're coming from any kind of background, that thing, anyone in everyday life can relate to it at all times, you know, but I always get fresh revelation from it every time I look at it again. So it's really really intriguing to me. Um, but this is God's word. This is the spirit of God all the time. So, um, I celebrate with you for listening. I know that there was things that just got unearthed and, and just, um, built up. I just, whatever God is doing in your heart is beyond anything that I can do or say, but just being a part of this is amazing to me. And so I praise God for that. And so, um, I hope that you will give me some feedback because I'm always asking a review, some feedback, and, and that you would share this with somebody that really needs to hear, um, this, this imperative, right? This encouragement and this reminder of our God of grace, our Jesus who has called and chosen us and the place that he has for us in the kingdom and the imperative directive of being kingdom minded, renewing our mind according to how our kingdom 
kingdom operates and trusting in the goodness of our God who is for us and has laid that out so clearly. So we just need to eat more of that truth and be convinced and that we are then convinced to really not be tempted to compromise on the enemy's lies and standards or lying alternatives as to how to achieve all that more because all these things will be added to and bless the lord oh my soul forget not all of his benefits friend so thank you for joining and i want you to get your hopes up